Welcome to this edition of the Morrinsville Baptist Podcast. Uh, It's great to have you listening in and we hope that this message comes as a great encouragement and blessing to you. Uh, If you'd like to know any more information about Morrinsville Baptist Church, please check out our website at www.morrinsvillebaptist.com. Yeah, good morning. Um, it's great to have you all here and to those of us who are joining in online. Um, I have an apology to begin with. Um, last week I asked Dad, hey Dad, what makes a great sermon? And, and his response was quite quick and it was Sam Pitches. And so my apology today is, Dad, I'm sorry, I do not have any pictures. In fact, I was a bit slack and I don't even have a PowerPoint, so you're going to have to use your imaginations. And if you've got your Bibles, um, I'd love for you to grab them and follow along. Um, so the past couple of weeks, we've, we've been following a series called The Heroes of the Faith, which is, which is based off Hebrews 11. And if you haven't read Hebrews 11, I, I really want you to encourage you to, to give it a read. Um, my, my Bible heads it as great examples of faith. And the thing that I love about this book so much is that it's not a book that is just filled of, of, of laws and of history and of, of things not to do and to do, but it's a book full of people. And, and we know our God is a relational God, and it excites me because he has um, given us a book full of people who have made more mistakes than we can make in our lifetime. But he's also given us a book of people who have, who have walked by faith and not by sight and have learned to, to put their trust in God. And so there's... there's we, we may not live in the context that, that the, the people in the Bible here lived in, you know, they lived thousands of years ago, but I do know that, that at the heart of the issues, we, we face the same things that they faced back then. And, and so I think we can take great confidence in the fact that God has equipped us with all we need to, to walk a life that, that is pleasing to him and follows him. Um, so today, the man of the day is Moses, and if you don't know a bit about Moses, we, we find him in the Old Testament um, Vic talked about Abraham, and um, Nick also talked about, about Jacob. And so we've got Abraham, and then we've got Isaac, and then we've got Jacob. And Jacob becomes Israel and has, has 12 sons. And, and we find Joseph is one of those sons, and he becomes, he becomes quite high up in a ruler in Egypt. Um, however, the king, who, the king who knew Joseph dies, and, and the people increase, and the Egyptians become fearful. And so they enslave the people. And, and so for 400 years, um, the, the, the Hebrews live, live in slavery. And, and this was not something unpredicted. Um, God told Abraham that his people would be enslaved for 400 years, but then he would rescue them. And so we find Moses at the, the end of this 400 years. He's, he's born into um, a, a Hebrew family. He's a Levite. He's got an older brother, Aaron, who's about three years older, and, and a sister, Miriam. And he's born at a time where the king has made an edict that, that all baby boys are to, are to be gone. <laughs> They're to be chucked into the Nile and drowned. And so the, the story of M- Moses' birth in itself is a wee bit of a miracle. And um, so what Moses' mother does is, is, is she raises him for three months and then places him in the river. Um, and, and Miriam, his older sister, follows her down the river, and the Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter is, is bathing there, and she comes across this basket. And she opens the basket, and here's little Moses, a little Hebrew, and, and she adopts him, and she raises him as his own son. And so, so for 40 years, Moses lives as an Egyptian. He learns all the wisdom of, of the Egyptian people. And then one day he decides to go out and, and to visit the 
his fellow people, the Hebrews, and he comes across the Egyptian who, who's beating a Hebrew slave, and, and he's filled with this injustice and this anger, and he actually murders the dude. And um, so he goes back home, and he comes back the next day, and um, there, there's, there's the two Hebrews who are, who are fighting, and Moses is going, hey man, w- what's up? What's going on here? And and they turn to him and they say, are you going to do what you did to the Egyptian? And so Moses, Moses flees Egypt. Um, he goes to Midian. And, and for another 40 years, he, he cruises around there. He becomes a shepherd. He settled down. He has a family. And then at 80 years old, um, Moses is out tending his flock. And God calls him to lead the people out of Egypt. And so from there, Moses goes back to Egypt, and he leads the people out for Egypt. And for another 40 years, he wanders around in the wilderness. And, and during this time, they're waiting to enter the promised land, and, and God uses Moses um, to be his instrument in informing a nation that, that is, um, its, its heart and its tent is to be a people of God. And so Moses dies at the old ripe age of 120, um, looking into the promised land. And the thing that I love about, about Moses so much is that quite often where we get stories in this book where we, we meet people at um, either their high moments or their low moments, you know, where we meet people like Rahab who um, rescues the spies and, and she's known by her faith in that. And so, it, so we get the pinnacle moment of her life. And then we come across other people like Jonah where we probably meet them at probably the worst decision he'd made in his life. And, and so we, we, regardless, we learn these amazing stories. Um, but it's not too often that, that we get a full life of someone from beginning to end and not just that, but the details in between. And so with Moses, we get a journey where we get the highs and the lows, the failures and the triumphs and all the in between. Um, and so I just want to pray again before, before we kick in. Um, so <laughs> just join with me. Um, hey, Father, I just want to thank you so much that, that you are our God, that you are our creator, that you are our redeemer, Lord, and that, that nothing goes on in our lives and on this earth that you do not know about. And Lord, your heart is that, that we would be a people, Father, who seek after you and who know you, God. And, and so I pray, Lord, as, as I speak today, God, that my words would be of you, Lord, and, and that anything that I say is not of you would fall on deaf ears. Father, I ask that you would open our eyes and our ears today, Father, and our hearts and our minds, Father, to the things of you, Lord, that, that you would speak to us through your word, Father, and that your truth wouldn't be something that just, just resonates in our minds, Father, but, but we learn to, to, to live it out. We learn to embody your truth and all that you've called us to be. And, and so as we discuss Moses today, um, Lord, I pray that you speak to us, and I pray, Lord, that, that we glorify you in the midst of doing this. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, so there was one theme that, that really stuck out to me as, as I was reading through the life of Moses. And um, if you want to read it, uh, you've got to skim through Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. Um, you can kind of skip over the law part sometimes if you want, <laughs> the quick version. Um, and there's one thing that stuck out to me that I hadn't really noticed too much before. And it was, it was this theme of trust. And, and I don't want you guys to roll your eyes. I know we've heard a lot about trust lately. And it's one of those things that people, the words people throw around, you know, oh, just trust in God. And you're like, yeah, sure thing. Um, but it's not so much the choice that, um, it's not so much the trust, but the choice that Moses made to trust. And we're talking about faith. And, and Hebrews 11 um, gives us, 
Hebrews 11.1, 1, if I can find it again, gives us this definition of faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of things we cannot see. And James tells us that, that our faith with our actions is dead. And um, as, Keith, as Keith mentioned um, last week, faith and, faith and trust are actually very similar. They, they come from the same root word, and so it's quite difficult to distinguish the difference between faith and trust. And as I was thinking about it, I was getting myself more and more confused. Um, and so I, so I hope as we unpack a little bit the life of Moses, this becomes clear. And so I want to pick off in um, Exodus 3, and, and we're going to just briefly cover the story as, as God calls Moses, and Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he, and he leads the people out. And I want us for a moment to, to just have a little bit of amnesia. Um, I, I want us to forget that we know the end of the story. So for those of us who, who, have, who have heard the story a thousand times over, I think we often look at these guys like Moses and David and Paul, and then we Bible, and we go, man, like, that's pretty epic, but there's kind of this thing because we're like, yeah, but, but that was Moses. Yeah, but, but that was Paul, and I'm not Moses, and I'm not Paul, and neither are you. And God hasn't called us to be Moses, and he hasn't called us to be Paul, but we stand in the same grace that Moses stands in, and we stand in the same spirit that Moses stands in, and it's the spirit of God, and, and much to our disgust, he had no superhuman abilities other than God's spirit in him. He wasn't Superman or Batman or your favorite Marvel character. And, and, and the thing that these guys are recognized is their faith. And, and it's God is the thing that just is the distinguishing factor in their lives. And so I want us to forget, forget the end of the story because these guys, when they were living, they didn't know the end of the story. Moses didn't know that he was going to be wandering around the desert and have the faith that he had. He didn't know that he was going to lift up his staff and, and God was going to part the Red Sea. But what we do find is, is that God does give them promises. And, and in fact, in some way, they do know the end of the story. Here we read that, that God says, now go for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel. Um, and we, we get a good, good old protest from Moses. Who am I to do this? Um, we're in Exodus 3 here. Um, but God answers, I will be with you, and this is a sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. And so here God is gracious enough, and, it, and he tells, what, tells Moses what will happen, and a, a sign that he is with him. And I, I laugh a bit at this, because if I was Moses, I would have been, wow, God, that's great, but you realize you're giving me the sign after I've done what you've asked. And, and so it still requires Moses to trust. He, he, he may have this faith that, that faith, our faith is something we possess, right? But when we trust, it's something we do. We, we choose to trust and we trust this person. And, uh, and so there's, there's this action to it. And in a sense, it's, it's almost our action to our faith and that our faith is not dead when we act on that. Um. And so, so Moses not only gives him the sign, but Moses tells him, you know, I am who I am. God also said that I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of Isaac. He has sent me to you. Further down um, in verse 18, God tells Moses that the elders will accept your message. And, and, and so when we flick through to verse 4, Moses, um, oh, sorry, God gives Moses 
these signs um, because Moses, like all of us, loves to question gods and says, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And so the Lord said to Moses in verse 8, chapter 4, if they do not believe you are and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second. And if they don't believe you or listen even to these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it onto dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. And, and so, so God gives Moses there's proof, and he gives them not just one backup, but two backup and three backup. But there's this assurance that the elders will believe and, and we also have the promise, um, sorry, we're jumping a bit. Chapter 3, verse 19, God says, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And, and so we have all these promises from God, um, God tells Moses that, that I will let you go. He tells Moses that the that, that elders will accept his message. He, he tells God that actually the Pharaoh's not going to let you go first time. He's going to put up a bit, a bit of a fight. And it's not until um, my mighty hand, God's mighty hand acts that then at last he will let you go. And so, so Moses returns home, and he takes his family, and, and he goes to Egypt, and, and the elders believe him, and he performs the miracles, and, and so then Moses goes with Aaron, and, and they go to Pharaoh, and, and they do what God has asked. They ask him to let the people go to worship God, and basically Pharaoh says no, but not only does he say no, but he puts... Um, more restrictions on, on the Hebrews who are already in slavery and already in oppression and already suffering brutality. And so not only do the slaves have to do what they're already doing, but they have to go and collect their own straw as well, as well as still producing the same amount. And so you can imagine the people of Israel were not too impressed. And, and Moses comes back to the Lord and he protests, why have you brought all this oppression and trouble on your own people. Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people, and you have done nothing to rescue him. And so there's this bit of crisis, right? Moses has these promises from God. God tells him what's going to happen, but somewhere in the midst, he forgets that, that God has to show his mighty hand first. And I don't know about you guys, but I think this is quite relatable, and I think we find ourselves in a similar situation. We fast forward to today, and like Moses, God has told us the end of the story. God tells us that, that whoever believes in his son will not perish but have eternal life. He tells us in Revelation that, that there will be no more tears, that there will be no more pain, that there will be no more suffering, but these things will be gone forever. God tells us that, that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. And, and, and we have these promises that, that God will never leave us and he will never forsake us, that even if we are unfaithful, God remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is, and, and that nothing, not the powers of hell, the angels, the, the worries of today or fears of tomorrow can, can separate us from the love of God. And so like Moses, we know how the story is going to end. We've, we've got these promises from God. However, we tend to forget some of the details sometimes because we often find ourselves in situations where like the Israelites, like Moses, 
we seem to have these promises or we feel God's leading us into this certain area and then it all gets worse. <laughs> and, 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 and no more sorrows and no more pain seems like something that just is, is so far off from your reality and you're questioning, where is God? God, God where, have, where have you gone? You said you would be with me. But we forget that, that Jesus not only tells us that, that he will be with us, but that in this world you will have trouble. You'll have many trials and sorrows. Paul tells us, dear friends, don't be surprised when fiery trials uh, you are facing as if something strange were happening to you. Um, he says that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And Jesus tells the disciples, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. And so we kind of have two hands, right? We have the epic promise of what is to be and the reality of that we live in the kingdom of God, which is already here, but not fully yet. And like Moses, we tend to get a bit discouraged and, and, and we tend to forget what God has promised. And, and it can be hard in those moments to, 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 to see anything else but the situation that we're in. Um, but we're going to flick back into Moses, and the thing that I love about Moses is that he always brings everything back to God. You, you see it right from the beginning, whether he's moaning to God that, no God, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, or, or he's interceding on behalf of the people. Moses is a man who, 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 who comes to God, and he's real with God, and I think we can learn a lot from that. Um, but Moses makes a distinctive choice. Despite that the people are no longer listening to, to Moses and that they're too discouraged because of their brutality of their slavery, Moses chooses to put his faith in God. He chooses to trust. And so he goes back to Pharaoh. And I don't think he knew he would have to go 10 times. And I'm sure each time he was thinking, gee, God, <laughs> is it ever going to end? Is, is this it? But Moses chooses to trust and he goes back and forth. And then finally comes a time when, when God has done his miracles, he's done, his, he's done what he intended to do, and the people are free. And, and what I love is, is by the time we get to this point, I don't know if you remember, but when Moses first fled Egypt the first time when he was 40 years old after, after murdering the dude, he fled out of fear because of the king. And, 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 and what we read in Hebrews 11 as, as um, Moses leaves Egypt this time round, is that it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And we have this amazing transformation where, where Moses is no longer looking at the things around him, but he's got his eyes fixed on the one who is invisible. And, and he does not fear. And not only does he, does he not fear... And, and, and he trusts in the Lord, but, but he stands in front of, in front of his people and, and he, he tells them this in Exodus 14, 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And, and so... We, we have Moses who was afraid and fearful, and now we have Moses who, who is standing in his spot that God has given him, and he's fixing his eyes and he's trusting, and he's encouraging the people around him to trust. And so my challenge to you, because like Moses, 
Moses didn't know what tomorrow brought. He didn't know what the journey would look like, but he had the promise of God, and he chose to trust in that. And so my challenge to you is, is you may have faith, but will you choose to trust? Will you choose to live in that faith and to walk it out? And that is, if there's one thing, <laughs> that is the challenge I give you today. And I think the cool thing we see is, is, is near the end of Moses' life, if you look through Deuteronomy, there's this call that Moses gives. And it's this call to the people of Israel to, to live wholeheartedly, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, to, to, to fear the Lord and, and to cling to him. And, and the word cling to him and wholehearted and, and to obey and to serve your God is repeated numerous times. And I, I believe Moses is, Moses is speaking God's words here and representing the heart is our God desires for us to cling on to him. He desires us to trust him. You know, Jesus tells us we are to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. We aren't to be dependent on our own strength and on, on our own capabilities, but, but to trust in him.